In today's ultra-competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to the Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business. Hey there, I'm the real Jason Duncan. Welcome to the show. This is the show, as I said in the intro, where I'm introducing and in, uh, interviewing some very successful entrepreneurs on how they got to success. This is about how they grow incredible companies and how you can pay attention to their story and learn some things from them. I actually go through this theory of mine on these five keys to success. I refer to as P's, and we'll talk about this more in the episode, but the five P's of success. And I listen to their story and see if I can dig out these five P's because my theory is that every successful entrepreneur went through these five P's. So that's what we talk about on the root of all success. So if you're an entrepreneur, a entrepreneur, an aspiring entrepreneur, a business owner, and you want to know how to succeed, this is your show. Thank you for being here. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you go subscribe. We're on every podcast player known to mankind due to the fact that we're syndicated on the C-Suite Radio Network. Thankful to those guys for letting us be syndicated on their network. So make sure you go subscribe on uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, make you make sure you subscribe. Please also leave us a review. If you like what you hear, we love a five-star review. If you don't like what you hear, send me an email. Let's talk about it. Maybe I can make it better for you. If you want to watch this on video, we actually record this live at the Standard at the Smith House in Nashville, and we put this on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash the real Jason Duncan. You can go there and you can watch this. I mean, we're not, we don't I broadcast it live, but we record it live in a person, cross the table, mano a mano, and talking to our guests. So if you want to watch it, you kind of see the beauty of the room. This is actually being recorded in the Matador room at the Standard of the Smith House in Nashville, Tennessee. It's 18,000 square feet of Southern sophistication and style owned and operated by the one and only Josh Sterling Smith. I'm honored to be a member here at the club, and this is how I, I've met our guest today. was kind of through this club today, and uh, he has a lot to do with what's going on here and the success of this club and helping them on some of their back-end stuff, which we'll talk about, uh, I'm sure, a little bit. But the Standard of the Smith House is one of the top five cigar bars in the country, one of the greatest, greatest restaurants you'll ever eat at, great food, great steaks. Well, the filet is just fantastic. But we're honored to be able to record right here. If you ever come to Nashville... Make sure you look me up. You can follow me on LinkedIn or Instagram at the real Jason Duncan, and maybe we can connect. Come over here and, and uh, hang out. Maybe have a cigar or a glass of bourbon or something like that. We have a good time. Now, I always start my episodes with a sponsor. So this, uh, the sponsor today is actually me. I want, I want to talk a little bit about what I'm doing because I've been promoting all, uh, all these other sponsors, but I thought I would take some time today and talk about what I do. I own a company called Results Through Integrity that provides high-level entrepreneur coaching for people either starting a business or in the early stages of growth. I even take on some clients who have been in business a very long time. As a matter of fact, I'm working with a company right now that's a 26-year-old company, and they're going through a secession plan where the parents are kind of getting ready to step away and the adult children are taking over. I work on this uh, as a consultant and a coach by reverse engineering their goals. I do this reverse step system, and I have this thing called a yo chart, which we go through together, and it's the closest thing I'll ever do to life coaching. I'm not a life coach. But I talk about all these success metrics and how we can how we can work together and then I reverse engineer the reverse engineer those goals. If you're interested in booking a just 20 minute compatibility call with me, you can go to the link below the video if you're watching this on YouTube or in the show notes, and you can book a 20 minute compatibility call. It's completely free. We'll just talk about what I do, and maybe if it's not where I can do it for you, I have a series, I have a, a whole bevy of certified RTI coaches that work with me that I could recommend to you. So go to therealjasonduncan.com. You can read more about my coaching there. And of course, for those of you that want to enroll in the complete startup guide for entrepreneurs, everything you need to know to go from startup to success in six months or less, you can go to resultsuniversity.org. You can enroll in that course there. 11 lessons, everything you need to know 
to get your business off the ground. So I am the real Jason Duncan and at therealjasonduncan.com. So all of that now aside, let's get into the meat of today's today's show. So my guest today uh, splits his time between Dallas and Nashville. He uh, is a devout follower of Christ. He's a serial entrepreneur. He started his first business when he was 12 years old. And to date, he is, I think, let me think back, I think the youngest guest I've had on the podcast, which speaks to his ability and amazing uh, ability as a, as a businessman to build great businesses. But he's got some pretty cool stuff. He's started four other businesses since then that have been very profitable and very successful. He's got a uh, design and development agency called One Nine, which I know we're going to talk a little bit about. And he's also the CEO of the venture back power solutions company called Rabbit, which I think is also very cool. And we'll let him tell a little bit about it, about what Rabbit is. But I'm so glad that my guest is here. He flew all the way in from Dallas to Nashville to be on this show. So I want to welcome to the show, Mr. Nathan Ruff. Thank you for being here, man. It's an honor to have you here. I appreciate it. It, well, it feels good. Well, you are, um, so for the listeners to know, it's like you've got a pretty successful podcast right now called The Rabbit Hole, right? And uh, when you were here in Nashville, I don't know, I guess it's been six months ago, I was thinking about starting this episode or this podcast, and I brought you into this room and like, what do you think? How do I set this up? So thank you, because part of what you did got us to where we are today. So how's, how's the rabbit hole going? Tell us about the podcast. It's good. You know, I had a podcast before that I did about 100 episodes, and I hated it. <laughs> I was just interviewing entrepreneurs, and I realized that most entrepreneurs didn't know why they were successful. And so I, I just kind of hated the interviews. I hated the softball questions I threw people that they still couldn't answer well. Uh, and, you know, it, it just faced me like there's a lot of people that work really hard for a really long time and they wake up really successful, <laughs> but they don't necessarily build businesses strategically. Um, and I, of course, had guests on that did build it strategically. And I thought, what do I love? And what I love is Joe Rogan's podcast, these three-hour long-form conversations that can go anywhere, go really deep. And I thought, that's what I'm going to build. Uh, and I'm going to build my own studio, and people are going to come into the studio. We're going to do nothing over Zoom, nothing wireless, and we'll see what happens. So a few months ago, I had a lady on whose father had 13 wives and over 50 children and also was a murderer. And he was a member of the fundamentalist LDS like cult. Whoa. And so very interesting three and a half hour story. Before then, I had a guy named on a guy. I had a guy on named Greg Pease. Greg Pease, Marine veteran, three tours in Iraq. His mom murdered his brother in front of him when he was seven years old, and his brother was five. And to this day, he's never been convicted or gone to jail or anything, because he was scared for his life. So he lied when authorities came and everything else. And she would do stuff like choke him until he passed out and throw him down the stairs. And so he ran away at age eleven. And most people with a crazy background like that end up being a rapist or a terrible human being in society. That's just, you know, they're, they're so scarred from their background, they only know how to hurt people. And he read a book on forgiveness. Like he found one book, he was cheating on his girlfriend, he was uh, alcohol, just all these issues. He, read a, he saw a book on a shelf about forgiveness and he learned to forgive his mom. And when he did that, his whole life turned around to where he eventually was a waiter and then GM of a place and then left to do this, left to do that, and now runs a successful real estate company. Wow. And so I look for interesting people to go deep in. In a few months, I have a guy coming on that's worked with Elon Musk on the project to go to Mars. And so I just look for interesting people that are down to open up about their life journey or what they're working on at a very deep capacity. Wow. So the rabbit hole is what you need to look up on iTunes and the podcast players, and you're going to hear Nathan Ruff interviewing some pretty amazing people. I I have watched some of your podcasts because you do those by video as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we do ours by video and I think you might've inspired a little bit of that, but I, I love that idea and I've watched it and listened to a few of yours on Instagram and it is, it is interesting. And there's, a, there's something also interesting about the table that you do your podcast from. So you want to tell, I like, I like the story of the table. I remember you telling me, so what's, what's with the table? I grew up uh, in a non-wealthy family where our furniture wasn't nice enough to where it needed coasters. <laughs> uh, and I start with that because this table is nice enough that there is coaster marts, there's glass marts all over it. Um, no, essentially, I, you know, I love this table. It's a big table. I like that there's space between us. I feel comfortable. And so I was like, all right, if I'm going to build a studio that's going to be a video studio, I need a really cool table. Um, and my 
you know, my life goal is to run for president 2052 and win. And so I have three life goals. That's one of them. And so I had 2052 cut out of the middle and then filled in with a potsy. And then I had the guy that made Joe Rogan's table make mine. And how that happened was I just DM'd, on, DM'd him on Instagram. He's like, I know you're super busy, but I'm just going to ask. And he's like, honestly, I got all this press for building Joe Rogan's table, but like, not a lot of people wrote checks. <laughs> uh, and he's, you know, he's like, they did, but it's like all for future work. It's like it's, none of it's right now. So if you like, if you're able to do this now, I can make it happen. And so I designed the table myself. And it's just an eight foot by four foot table, twenty foot two, cut out of the middle, and then all the cords and cables plug directly into the table. So you just see the mic plug directly into the ta- table. Other end of the table, they plug in again. And so it was just made for that for that studio. And so I call the studio twenty fifty two studio. Uh, so that I never, I'm not trying to tie my brand to it. So if somebody wants to rent it and there's a big 2052, they're like, oh, that's the studio I recorded at. That's really, well, that's why I, I'm glad you told that because that was the, the part of the story that I think is interesting because the way I was originally introduced to you was the person who introduced me to you said, yeah, he's a, he's a young dude, extremely successful. He's killing it. He's got this uh, company called Rabbit that's doing these uh, these power solutions for phones and different places, which we'll, I know we'll talk about in a minute. But he but he said at kind of the capstone of the whole intro was like, and he wants to be president in 2052. And I'm like, what? Like that's a long that's 31 years away. You know how does that how does that even happen? So why did why is it that you want to be president? And this is not a political show, and I don't want to go yeah. that way. But but like, what is it about being president and and that year? How did that how did that come to be? So I look at me being president as a way to give back to a country I love. So I don't look at it as political. You know, uh, I hate career politicians on both sides. I'll never back one. I'll never support one. Uh, I met Ted Cruz. and I thought, this is the smartest human I've met. I'm never going to vote for him. You know, like I just want people that have lived a normal life. You know, that dude talks like a robot. He's like, he's Val Victorian of everything he's ever done. And I've done, you know, the same, like I've, uh, I know people that have met Bill Clinton. Like, this is the most personable guy I've ever met. Like, this dude is a brilliant politician. And so I don't like that. Like, I look at it as we have a beautiful country. Uh, and I look at it as if somebody like me came from nothing, is able to build billionaire companies, which I haven't been able to do yet, but that's where I want to be, you know. I look at if I'm able to do that because of this great free country we live in, then I would lay it all down to be able to give back to my country. And so I think that to build great companies, you have to be a great leader. And I think that our country deeply needs a great leader. And what is it? What, what, why 2052? What is it about that year? So I have to self-fund to some extent uh, because I'm not going to do stuff like take a billion-dollar donation from a pharmaceutical company to pretend like their drugs aren't killing people or, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to do buyouts. Yeah. And so I had to self-fund a campaign, and a campaign's going to be, you know, north of a billion dollars. And so I have to have time to be able to build a net worth and companies to be able to, to fund that. And so I'm not looking, I'm looking to have a career and step away from that career to run for president for four or eight years and then step back into doing a, having a career. I don't plan to like, uh, you know, I, like recently I heard Trump is saying like, you know, what he's saying about running again, which is crazy that has that much energy. That dude has more energy than me. Um, but it's like, yeah, not me. Like if I was out after four, I'm like, Back to business, back to building hotels. If I, in his case, like, but so that's that's how I am. I just look at it as like an act of service, and that's the deep, you know, like obviously dying for your country and all these things are act of services that are amazing. You look at me; I don't think I'm going to be a great soldier. So, like, mine is just running for president. All right. Well, that is appreciable, and I think that I think that listeners can connect with that idea that you want to give back to to a country that has blessed you in so many ways, and and the entrepreneurial life I believe is the best life there is, man. I mean, we can build <laughs> businesses, we can. We can make we can change the world for the better. We can employ people and change their families. I mean, I had a guest. One of my last guests uh, that I interviewed was talking about how at one point there's over a thousand employees in the company. Just think about it. that's a thousand families that are. That's what we, you and I, do as entrepreneurs. And people don't think about it. They just think, oh, you're just some rich dude trying to run around just drive a Lambo. No, that's not. Listen, if you get rich and you want a Lamborghini, go get one. But the thing is, we're helping tons of people along the way. And I think that your desire to be president in 2052, although I do not share that desire, I think is admirable for the reasons why you want to do it. So congratulations to you on being wise enough in your 20s to think that far into the future. Yeah, and people say, why not local government? Why not? Like, I just, I think we serve a really big God. 
like this idea. I love when people set goals that like anybody could accomplish. Like I want a million dollar company. I'm not, you know, a million dollar company is something, but you know, I know it's like getting to a million isn't as satisfying as you think it will be. <laughs> yes. Wait, I made a million dollars and I'm still broke. What? Um, and so I wanted to set a goal that I considered God size. I considered that I only can achieve this if the God of the universe is on my side. Yeah. And so that's why it's such a big goal. Well, I think that's uh, that's cool. And um, so so today though, you you started your first company at twelve. You've had four other profitable companies. Before we get into what you're doing now, what was it at twelve? What were you doing? Plants. I wasn't I wasn't strong enough to push a lawnmower. Uh, you know, so I'm a little over six foot right now. When I graduated high school, I was five foot seven. So as a kid, I was like, I mean, I was like in my forefoot for, I mean, I was just a little kid for a really long time. And so I wasn't strong enough. A neighbor asked me to water their plants while they were out of town. And I was like, oh. So I go knocking door to door. Hey, $10 a week, I'll water your plants. Everybody's like, that's too expensive. So then I charged $9 a week and everybody was like, okay, I'm in. And I was like, pricing, people, this is, a, I don't know what lesson this is, but for some reason, double digits is scary to people. Now, keep on. I didn't grow up in a wealthy family, so one of the biggest hindrances on my career was I looked at value as purely money. Because my mom, not my dad, but my mom was very, uh, value is only money. Value is only what is the cheapest. Where like I drive a Mercedes now because it has more value to me than a Hyundai because it's very well made. Like the value is more than just the price tag on it. And and so I didn't learn that at that age. But that yeah, it was like ten dollars is too high. Okay, what about nine? You know, and so. That was the first business. And now, what are you doing today? What, what's going on in your life today? It's interesting because of COVID. Uh, I had a business, Rabbit, which is in Shabbat, which I'm sure we'll get into. And it got crushed by COVID. <laughs> oh, really? I, I <laughs> like, did not know that. Because every bar, you know, we, we exist at bars, restaurants, hotels, universities, and live events. Uh... Um, those are the only places we exist. So when every bar, restaurant, hotel, and university is shut down... It's not, not, not too great for us. Uh, so when it shut down, I went back to the agency that I'd built over eight years, which is a design development agency. So websites, visual branding. And I was like, all right, I'll just work here as we figure as the, you know, until the world opens up, there isn't much I can do here. And so I told our investors that, you know, just fully transparent, like there's just isn't, and I would love to be the savior entrepreneur that finds a way, but like our product exists around crowds. So until then, we just need to shelve it. And I was a little late in that conclusion. I kept thinking this was going to last a week or two weeks. And I kept thinking that. And then like midsummer, I was like, all right, I should probably, <laughs> should probably go back. But the other sense of that is people were like, it took a global pandemic for people to be like, wow, websites are important. Uh, so, you know, the other business actually started to do pretty well during the pandemic. And so we went back to that. And, you know, we're doing our typical custom websites for anywhere from Fortune 100 companies to entrepreneurs. Like we really serve a huge spectrum of people. Well, before you do that, I, I want to interrupt you because I, I, I want to talk about the rabbit thing first, and then I want to talk about the website okay. thing because you told a story about the website thing that I want to make sure you repeat on the show because I thought it was a really interesting story, the way you positioned I think the first time we met and had lunch, you told this story. But before we go to that, can I ask you a little bit about rabbit? So yeah. rabbit, to me, is a cool idea, and I guess – until you just said that story, it didn't even occur to me that, oh, yeah, it would have sucked to be in your business <laughs> last year. <laughs> but so you make these, you, you manufacture these little kiosks that have uh, portable batteries that people can plug into the phone. So tell, tell us a little bit about what that, what that looks like. Yeah. So everyone knows what a bird scooter is and how it works. You download the bird app, you walk up to it, you scan the QR code, it unlocks it, and you pay like 10 cents a mile as you drive your bird scooter or something like that. So our concept was, what if we take that and we apply it to charging? Everywhere I'm at, people's phones are always dying. And so you look at like, uh, baby boomers check their phones every eight minutes, millennials check their phones every four minutes, Gen Z checks their phone every minute. So the one thing that's increasing is phone usage, drastically. <laughs> but if you look at phone battery, it's not increasing a lot. It's it kind of like, the Apple released the phone with like the biggest battery in it, like the iPhone Pro, Mats, whatever, you know, 12, 18, uh, and had the biggest battery in the market. And we saw that 20% of our users were, were using this phone. Wow. And because what it is, is the battery lasted so long, they didn't plug it in at night. And then they found themselves three days later with a dead phone and we were the solution. So 
What ours is is a small kiosk. It's nine by 12 inches. And you walk up to it with the Rabbit app, you scan the QR code, you pay a dollar an hour, and out pops a fully charged power brick with the cords built in for every phone in the market. Micro USB, USB-C, and iPhone. And you can rent and return anywhere, like anywhere in the world. So you could rent one and return anywhere. And to return it, you just put it in an empty slot. You don't scan anything. You don't do anything. When you put it in an empty slot, it's going to recharge it and also note that you returned it. And so I had this idea. And every person I would talk to about it would be like, this is brilliant. So I decide I'm going to leave my company and start this. And I put together a list of like 11 wealthy people I know. And I call every one of them. And over the phone, 10 of the 11 commit 100K <laughs> at a $3 million valuation just for the idea. Wow. So I raised the round in seven days. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, this is real. Um, I don't take that full million because I'm like, I don't need the full million. Why take it? Always take entrepreneur advice. If somebody's offering you money, take it, <laughs> especially when it's a startup idea of something that doesn't really exist in the marketplace. We're only a company in the U.S. All these have to run on cell towers. They run on SIM cards, like all that. So like the one that's in the standard here, like that's running on a 4G network. And so we have to develop where the 4G networks talks to the device and then talks to the app. And there's some technical know-how that goes into this. And so I realized there's a couple companies that were trying to do this, but the either were really bad at the technical side or really bad at the branding side. And so I knew I had the branding side down. It's what I'd done. I named the company Rabbit and the power brits are called carrots. So like I have that they're side orange. down. They yeah. look like carrots. They're orange. <laughs> so yeah. you're either feeding a, a rabbit or taking a carrot away from one. And so it was the tech side. And uh, my friend that I'd worked with his company before, Sky Mayhew, he was the first employee of a company that raised something like $80 million and had 200 employees. He was the CTO of them. And he'd been offered like high level CTO jobs. And he was moving from Vegas. I convinced him to move to Nashville. <laughs> I'd started Rabbit, but he wasn't my CTO at the time. And so I was like, hey, I'll help you move here. We'll do the drive. So our 20 hour drive from Vegas to here, which I think ended up being 36 hours due to some mishaps. Uh, I spent the whole time talking about Rabbit to eventually he was like, fine, I'll join. <laughs> and so he joined and we went from idea to live in 115 days. Wow. And as you know, as an entrepreneur, when you build something, you put your heart and soul into it. It's launch day. And then you realize that nobody cares. Very real. I've never started a business that's been that just magically worked. So we launched this black box with little orange things on it and a plastic sign on top. And it's instantly successful. Within our first two weeks of being live, we're live at like 20 places. We're getting like 75 new users a week, just organically. We've never spent a dollar in advertising or marketing. So we launch Atlanta two weeks later. We launch uh, Miami at the end of December. And we're starting to run out of money, but we're, we're hitting scale. We're doing something like 500 new users a week organically. We get Georgia Tech to commit to put us at their football stadium um, and their rev split because businesses get the unit for free and then they get 20% rev split. They're going to put into a scholarship fund. Awesome. And then they're promoting us on their jumbotron for free <laughs> because they say this is public safety. So then we go to like every university and we're like, Hey, is your student safer with a dev phone or a charge phone? Give me the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's And good. so we start to scale everywhere. And, uh, you know, again, we're running out of money. And so from December to March, uh, December to February, I'm raising a round of funding. And I'm able to raise a million dollars at a $10 million valuation for a company that has like 15000 in revenue. Now, with that being said, we have commitments at South by Southwest with some pretty big alcohol companies. They're going to wrap all our units with their brand and give everyone their free charging. Like, for a six-month-old company, we're on fire, and everybody knows it. Like, I'm feeling on top of the world. And I, I started dating my girlfriend a month after I started. That She's now my wife. But started a month that I started the company. So, like, I'm on top of the world. I'm dating, like, the most amazing woman. My company's just crushing it. And then our round of funding set to close something like March 17th or something. Oh, my gosh. And the mayor calls for all, bar, all bars in Nashville to be legally shut down. Uh, by on a Saturday and it has to be like Sunday at midnight on like March 5th or something around there. And that following Tuesday, I get an email from the group and they said, we're going to pause all investments until we get a pulse on what's happening. Ugh. So then I go into my company, brilliant entrepreneur. I am. I go, guys, Trump is president. He's not going to kill our economy over a virus. That dude loves our economy more than he loves people. We're fine. 
two weeks. They're going to, you know, we're going to get the thing. We'll be about to scale and everything's good. So I was wrong. <laughs> yes. um, and, and that was, you know, so rabbit just kind of had the whole world. And then, you know, again, all these live events, South by Southwest, NRA annual convention, Josh Smith of the standard helped me get that one. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we were feeling on top of the world. We were stressed for money. But, again, I'd raised the money. I, got, I finally got it committed. It was a really high valuation. I get it. But the market was hot. I thought I could do it. And so that all hit kind of zero. And I was like, all right, um, I don't know what to do. And so after a couple months, I went back to the agency. And But, yeah, that's, that's Rabbit's story, standalone. So Rabbit's coming back, though. It's not dead, right? You're going to be able to launch this thing as yeah. soon as the world gets back. So it's us. We now have some competitors have sparked up during this time. Um, I'm not really worried. You know, competition is good. It, it actually educates the marketplace. So, you know, before we were the, the whole market. So now we're not. But we're still, I think we have the best tech and everything. And it's just kind of finding when there can be. And there's some live events that are working on. So it's about us raising around the funding to be able to hire the staff to get into all those events. And, you know, start building relationships again. Everybody got fired. Our connections at every single big events company got laid off. And so, and some got rehired, but some found new careers. Most got their real estate license. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I was in a meeting Monday morning in, 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 a, in a mastermind group and one of the guys was presenting and he's a, he's a real estate guy and a, and a contractor. And he was going over data and he said, do you know how many real estate agents are in, or realtors are in, in Nashville? And I said, nah, a bunch. He goes, 14,000. <laughs> he said, there are more realtors than listings. This is insane. Okay, sorry, a little tangent there. Well, it's just a joke that like when people lose their job, they're like, I'll go to real estate. It seems to be like a common thing that people decide to do after they've had a long career. But you had, so so you were with One Nine, your, yep. your development agency, and then the rabbit idea became, hey, this is the thing I'm going to double down on. So you stepped away. I stepped away when I raised the funding. So but when it was just the idea. So you stepped away from One Nine. It's still going, yep. still there, and we're, we're going to circle back to that concept in a minute. But like you stepped away from One Nine, head headlong into Rabbit, and it was going great until coronavirus, like until COVID hit, and and, and so that story is on pause. It's still coming because it's a great story. It's a great concept. I, I love the little little carrots, as you call them, because they are orange and they they are cool and they have the cord built in. You don't need a cord. You just need your phone. You plug in a fantastic idea. So now that that kind of is on pause, you went back to 1-9 and kind of doubled down on that. Is that right? Kind of. So we, we got new leads that came in. So I hired more people. I went out and got some bigger dev projects. We could have some more revenue. I, I'd kind of turned down a lot of harder work and just did simple builds. I knew my team could handle that. Mm-hmm. I could have done a better job maybe preparing my team for bigger stuff. But I went back, kind of got some bigger contracts, got our feet wet again. And I said, now that I've built Rabbit, and of course, this guy is everything to credit for that, but I think I want to build more complex things. And so I was listening. I love podcasts. And I heard every time we listen to podcasts, they're sponsoring something with their affiliate link. So it's athleticgreens.com slash Rogan for your first month free or whatever the case is. And I thought, what if we apply that to a micro market? So I went to a guy named Tyler Thompson who owns uh, three title boxing clubs in Nashville. And one of them is the number one in the nation. has been the number one in the nation for years. I said, I want to create a software that creates a dedicated landing page for every member of your gym with a special offer on it. You know, two free classes or um, free wraps or whatever the case is. His is two free classes. And... They can share that link with their friends, and then if their friends end up becoming a member, they get a discount off their membership or cash or you know whatever you decide. But our member, our platform will track it all, so you know we'll track where the leads came from. Then if the leads became members, and he's like, all right, I'm down to try it out. So I built that. We launched it, and we just had our first six month case study, kind of looking back. I mean, it's been longer than six months, but looking back at at it. We brought 19000 a month in new recurring revenue and 165 new members directly through our software. Wow. That's amazing, dude. So I built that, and then I've been slowly scaling that, you know, one to two gyms a week. And, you know, people are like, I always tell like, look, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I have, like, real case studies from gyms. Like, it's 400 bucks a month. And so I'm, like, the average gym is about 100 bucks a month. I'm like, look, it's, it's four members and it pays for itself. Yeah. And I'll even have you – you can have it for free until you hit four members. So it costs you nothing. And so, I've, you know, I've been doing that, built that, and that was cool. Uh, it's, it feels nice to, like, build something with an idea. Because the key word that I've built for profitable businesses, 
I've started about 50, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like 40 sits never made a dollar <laughs> or at least cost way more than, you know, so like it's, it's a rhythm. So it's like, I built that. And so the software company or the, the design company, so we're still doing a lot of design and development and websites. And that is our specialty is custom websites made from scratch. We believe every brand's unique. Therefore, every website needs to be unique for that brand. And we have a level of standards that we believe is unmatched. Uh, everything's retina, everything's high quality. We bring in photographers, videographers, like we make sure the website is perfect and we're really sticklers about that. Now you told a story about, and this is the story I was trying to get to, is that you told a story about how people will go spend, you know, millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. sponsoring the Predators or something. Yeah, they yeah, spend yeah. Five grand. Tell, tell, that, tell that story. So the reason I hated running one nine and I wanted to get out and build rabbit, like the reason I couldn't wait to jump ship was you'd meet with a company that's $50 million in revenue. And this is not a, this is a real, I won't release the company. It was a real company, $50 million in revenue. Five zero. Yeah. Five zero. 50 million in revenue. They're number two at what they do in, in the world. And I said, what did you spend on your website? And they're like, oh, we spent about five grand four years ago. I said, do you think it could perform better? Do you think it could get you more leads? Do you think it could be better? Like, have you ever brought in a true web expert? You know, people pay me $1,000 an hour just to review websites. Like, that's how good we are at knowing what works. And he's like, oh, I'm sure it could be. But, you know, I mean, what's it worth? Maybe 10 grand of inflation? You know, what's a new website worth, 10 grand? I'm like, well, what did you spend to sponsor the Preds? Uh, 250. I love the Preds, though. Yeah, but how many leads did it drive? Like, what's, what is the success rate of that? What's the ROI of that? And he's like, well, it's a hard, you know, it's hard to track the ROI because it's more people knowing our brand, you know, and they might pick up the phone or whatever. He's like, well, with a website, I can track the success. Like, we can, we know the total amount of leads you've gotten from your current. If we launch a new one, we can see, is there an improvement? We know how long people stay on your website. We can see, do they stay there longer? Uh, we know what pages they view, what people are Googling. We can build pages to interact with what people are Googling. People are Googling coupon codes. We can hide a coupon code on your website. So every time they find a coupon code, we've done stuff where <laughs> we made a website rank for their competitors. People would Google their competitor's coupon code and make it where it'd pull up like the competitor's website. And we and we'd be like, hey, uh, here's the coupon code. So we wrote all this fake text around for the competitor, but you really want to use us. So when people are looking for their competitor, they got redirected back to them. Like, we're clever with how we do things. The referral software, you know, creating a dedicated page with a special offer for every member. I love that. We just like to think outside the bots. Like, we want people to grow. We look at this as an investment. I tell you, for every 10000 you pay us, we want to give 100000 back. So if you're paying us thirty grand for a website, you should expect a $300,000 return. Yeah. We expect that what we do is really great and there's a tangible return on it. Yeah, I, I, lo I love the, uh, the, the unique URL. As a matter of fact, I, I recommended one of my coaching clients to you who owns a gym, and, and I think that's on the agenda for us to talk about in, a, in our next session. <laughs> but uh, but I, I love that idea. So let me, let me kind of, I'm going to dig in if you don't mind. So I've got this theory, these five Ps of success, and I've already heard several, and I like already you, organically in your story. But I, my theory is that, that on the, like every successful entrepreneur, whether they're running a $1 million company or they're running a billion dollar company, went through these same five things. And the first thing is passion. I find it is in every single person's story and is that without passion, you can't be successful. Now, but there are two sides to passion. There is the emotional side of passion, which is I love what I'm doing. It's great. It gives me all the warm and fuzzies. But the, but the passion I'm talking about, while well, that's good and will help. The passion that's a key to success, the ones that I, the people that I talk to, is that passion means willing to endure. Like the passion of the Christ was not about him being warm and fuzzy going to the cross. It was about Jesus being willing to endure for a greater good. And so I believe that passion is the first and foremost key to success in any entrepreneur's life. You've been very successful. Even in your 20s, you've been extremely successful. How do you see passion playing a part of your story? I love to help people and I don't want to disappoint people. So I, and I like nice things. So, you know, I, I think that like I'm passionate, I'm not necessarily like, I guess at times I'm passionate about websites or I'm passionate about putting battery packs everywhere, but it's always an end goal. It's always like there, there's something bigger. Like I, I get excited that I get to pay people six figures a year. Like I'm that dude. Like, 
people are like, oh, they make six figures working for me. They were able to buy a nice house, a nice car. That that's the fulfillment. That's like I get passion for what I'm doing for others. Yeah. So when but but you said you started, you used the number forty six. You could be you could be facetious there, but four profitable companies and forty six non profitable companies. That's passion, man. You're willing to endure all that crap <laughs> just to find one that works. That is how you become successful. Like right? I mean, yeah. Not being super smart has helped me a lot in life. You know, the, the reason PhD professors never grow successful companies is they talk themselves out of it. I know this because I've taught a lot of entrepreneurship classes uh, across universities across the world. I even taught one in Finland, and I've realized these PhD professors know everything up here, and because of that, they talk themselves out of everything. Where me, I was just dumb enough to be like, like, oh, there's like, you know, let's say there's like a rushing river right here. And there's like, you know, an apple on the other side. I'm like, oh man, apple looks good. I don't know. And so then I'm like in too deep and I got to find my way out. So I've just always, you know, I just am dedicated. I'm passionate. But yeah, I find that end goal and I, and I don't see a lot of in between. Um, Gary Vee would refer to it, I think, as like clouds and dirt, you know, like here and here. And so I just kind of make it happen. Yeah. Well, so we've got two name drops. We've got Joe Rogan and Gary Vee has been mentioned. <laughs> if anybody knows either of those people, let's get them on the show or I'll, you know, I'll be on their show. That'd be great. So the second P, uh, Nathan, is, is being in the right place at the right time. And I believe that where you are in the world has a lot to do with where you'll be able to go in the world. You grew up, uh, not in Nashville, right? You didn't grow up. Oh, you did grow up in Nashville. So you grew up in, in, okay. So you grew up here, but you, you have a unique story in that you moved to Dallas for a very specific reason. Like you didn't just, it wasn't, uh, Hey, I've got a friend who lives there or something like <laughs> yeah. there's, I love that story because I think it illustrates the fact that your journey to success is because you're willing to put yourself in the right place. So tell, tell the listeners about your, maybe why you moved to Dallas or how place has played a part in your st- success. So people has played a huge part. I know that's one of your pieces. Yeah, that's the third one. <laughs> so go and- ahead and feel free to talk about that too. <laughs> And so everything good in my life has come from relationships. Everything. We know each other because of somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Josh is my client because of somebody, because of Jason. He's one of your, you know, it's like everything is just, so it's, it's relationships has been everything. And I realized that everything good in my life had come from relationships. Every client, every deal, every hookup, every, you know, everything that like positive that has come has come from relationships. And so I thought if I want more of that, I have to go get it. Like, not everyone in the world is going to move here. So I thought, what's a place that semi-believes what I believe? There's a bunch of people, a bunch of businesses, a bunch of money. And I was like, Dallas. <laughs> and so I moved there to build relationships. The first thing we did, I mean, within a week of being there, I'm touring country clubs. I don't drink. I don't like, like, activities like that. I'm trying to build relationships. I'm like, man, the people I want to be friends with, which are 55-year-old CEOs of companies, they're probably going to be here. So I'll be here, too. So I, I just look at like, yeah, places, ever, like seeing a place, like if they're at the country club, I'll be at that country club too. If they're at the standard in Asheville, I don't smoke, I don't drink, but I know where successful people hang out. Yeah. I think that, I think so many entrepreneurs start out and they just spend all their time working in their business and they stay in their office or stay in their bedroom or stay in their, you know, the bonus room in their house or the basement, wherever it is they're working and they stay there and they work and they grind and they think that hustle because they watch Gary <laughs> Vee talk about, man, just hustle and grind. No, no, no. Not that Gary Vee's wrong, but I think that people are misunderstanding. He's like, listen, hustle and grind is important, but if you don't rub elbows with the right people and you're not in the right place, dude, you're not, you're fighting a losing battle here, man. You got to go. And I, I admire again, your, um, tenacity and courage to pick up from one of the greatest cities in the world right now, Nashville, COVID notwithstanding, even though our mayor's done some weird stuff for us, but but like not that notwithstanding, I think that your courage to go over there illustrates that your your journey to success, man. I mean, you're still young. You've got it, that is going to pay so many dividends. You just move into Dallas. Yeah, and we're we're looking at doing it every three four years. So we're thinking Puerto Rico might be next. You know, I, I've, I've made it very clear. I'm going to have a plane by the time I'm 35, and I plan to homeschool my kids and fly around. But I know that relationships is the answer. See, when you're talking about the entrepreneur in his basement just struggling or, you know, hustling, well, for me, it was me struggling because I, I was really good at everything I did, but I didn't know anyone. My parents knew nobody. I had no relationships. I didn't know anybody. And so I was like, how do I get more business? And so I thought, I'm going to be the foremost expert in business development. 
I mean, we do crazy. Our cold email marketing campaigns, like step three, adds them on LinkedIn, references the past two emails. Step four, sends a handwritten letter. I built an API that triggers a handwritten letter <laughs> customized to people. I mean, like I've gone crazy to become like really good at business development. And then I would meet people that I couldn't stand, that weren't good humans, and their businesses sucked, and they were very successful. And then I realized they knew everybody. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like maybe product and service is a piece of it, and who you are is a piece of it. But who you know is everything. That is correct. I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And I think the listeners would appreciate that too, coming again from one of my younger guests who have achieved success to know that this early in the game. I mean, I, I look back, I didn't, I didn't even start my company until, how old was I when I started my company? 30, oh, 34, 35. Like I, I was an accidental entrepreneur in my thirties and you're here, you are, you started a business at 12, but like real businesses in your teens. Uh, and then, and now you're growing them and, and, and are succeeding. So the, the fourth P is preparation. So we got passion, we got being in the right place at the right time, knowing the right people, which you've illustrated fantastically. But preparation is the fourth one. And I find that all successful entrepreneurs have a certain know-how that, that without which they would not have been successful. And I think about people that are big in the news today, the Elon Musk's of the world, the Jeff Bezos of the world, even, you know, even Bill Gates, even though he started much, much longer ago than they did, but they had a certain know-how to make this happen. They didn't start out as geniuses. They didn't start out as knowing everything, but they had a know-how. They had a, a way to do it. I, I look back at me when I started my first company, big successful company was a lighting company. I didn't know anything about lighting, but I knew how to sell. So my preparation was, hey, I know how to sell. This is probably going to sell, and it did. And I you know, made millions of dollars as a result of that. So for you, what prepared you to be successful with Rabbit and with One Nine? I think life is a big part of that, like just living. Because uh, my life really started at 18. I was homeschooled. I was very sheltered. I didn't know anybody. We didn't go to a church. So my life really started at 18. And so I made a bunch of mistakes all the time. And I just tried to learn from those. And what really changed my life is that I was 20 years old, 21, and I realized I was a complete idiot. Like I didn't read. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what people were talking about. I didn't know marketing terms. And so I said, I'm just going to accept the truth about myself that Nathan Ruff is dumb, which I hope somebody doesn't clip out this little yeah, portion. Clip that one. Yeah, put that in put that yeah. a social chart. <laughs> and so Nathan Ruff is dumb. I'm just going to accept the truth about myself, and then I'm going to go and change it. And so I started to read 100 books a year, and, like, you know, it's two books a week. Like, that's pretty intense, like, <laughs> change. I'm also the guy that ran a marathon with no training. Like, I just love to throw myself into things. So – I, I just, I, I always started with accepting truth. Where is truth? I want to accept it and I want to run towards being, being the better person of it. Mm -hmm. And so I accepted I was dumb and then went to become smart. And so my, my preparation has just been like doing reps. I would say that's been my preparation is that, you know, I, I did a deal and the, I did a great job, but the guy ended up hating me at the end of it. And I was like, what did I do wrong? And it's like, oh, I miscommunicated one point or was misunderstood and how I still like, I just put in reps. Uh, I remember I used to like, like I spoke at Belmont one time and I was like, if you're in this class, you don't have a chance of becoming a successful entrepreneur. And my mic got cut and I got kicked out. And I was like, okay, not a good opener. <laughs> so like my preparation has just been like doing, doing the work, man. I think there is so much wisdom in that. And, and I know that I, I set out to write a book a long time ago uh, with a, the title called Pay Attention, and I, I never finished it. And I think maybe there's something in there. But I think the fact that you are aware of that self-awareness, um, I think paying attention and knowing and learning from your mistakes. I, I teach my clients all the time, failure is a much better teacher than success. Like if you succeed every day, you're going to suck when, it's, when you get – like, I, you know – Plan is my fifth P, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, Mike Tyson is the one who said everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? And if you're not aware, okay, I got punched because I left myself open or I made the wrong opener at Belmont University and I shouldn't have said that in that class. That, or I, I said this one thing to that dude and made him not like me and he didn't do business with me. Paying attention, the wisdom and what you just said, Nathan, is amazing. And I hope the listeners will pay attention to that because that, in fact, is one of the keys to preparation. The final piece, plan, and a lot of times when I talk about this idea of plan, people think 
business plan. And, and most successful entrepreneurs that I interview, whether they're billionaires or, or, or you know, single-digit millionaires, as they call them, no matter what it is, I, I think 80, 90% of them don't have written business plans. So I don't think the written business plan is what I mean, although it can be important. It's not an indicator of success. What I mean by plan is the ability or the strategy to obtain and deploy financial resources. So rabbit, let's talk about rabbit. So you just told that story, like you had this fantastic idea. And you know what? I tell people all the time, ideas are worthless. Without action, they don't matter. You can go to a homeless dude on First Avenue, and he's probably got some amazing ideas. But without a plan to put them in place, it doesn't matter. So your plan for rabbit was to call your people, your network goes back to number three, your peak number three. So talk a little more about that plan and give some encouragement to the listeners who are trying to figure out how do they get resources to launch their thing. I wish I knew what it was like to raise fundraising for a tough company. I picked up the phone and people heard the idea and they were like, damn it, my phone dies all the time. This is brilliant. This is the answer. You got it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I had a... a I had a product that's easy. I know a guy who sells AI, artificial intelligence. Nobody understands what he's talking about. Like that's his hardest problem in selling it. It's like people understood like, oh, my phone died. <laughs> this solution. Like, you know, like it was so easy that anybody could get it. So that was like step one is that like people just fully comprehended like what I was doing. Step two is I had a track record. I built other things. I have a good reputation. People trust me. So they thought, okay, if I put my money in here, still high risk, still a good chance it fails. Most startups do, but this is the guy I want to bet on. So sometimes it makes me cry to think about it. Like, like legitimately I sit and I cry. I look at myself and I just cry in the mirror that like, wow, somebody trusts me enough to write a hundred thousand dollar check to me. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I feel bad cause it's like rabbit's not going as planned right now. And it's like, Ooh, but our, I always set in goals and then fill in the blanks. And so our end goal is. We want to be in 21 countries and 125 cities. That is that is what we want. So we want to be in 79 cities in the U.S. and then uh, what is it, 47 cities internationally. And so the first step is populate the U.S. Go to the hottest cities. And so Nashville, we live here and we have Broadway. So it's like this makes sense. Atlanta was we found a good contractor that was able to place units and it's a big city. So I was like, well, we'll try it. And then Miami is like party city, tons of people, great. Um, and then we're, we launched Jacksonville because one of our investors lives there. We made an intro to a guy who owns 10 bars there. I'm like, all right, here's 10 units. And so we, I look at everything as the end goal and then who do I hire to get there? Yeah. So I'm never saying like, all right, who do I need to call? Who do I need to email? I'm saying who can I hire that can handle this? Because yeah. I know that my job is continue on towards that end goal. And so like the first move I'm saying is like, who's my next hire? Like as a CEO, especially at Rabbit, at one night's a little different, but at Rabbit, I'm thinking, who is my next hire? And so for us, we scaled over a hundred contractors in our first six months. Cause I was like, I want contracts everywhere. I want that the second units come in, they're already placed for, we deploy them. Our network grows and grows and grows. And so everything to us was about growth. Mm-hmm. So I told people mistakes are okay. Uh, if the app rates, that's okay. If we overcharge people, that's okay. Cause we'll make it right. We'll refund them. Uh, our, our motto is we don't suck. Like <laughs> I tell everyone, like, like if there's ever a problem, we don't suck. I'm like somebody doesn't want to, you know, we'll come pick it up. Uh, somebody's unhappy. We'll give them a refund. We don't suck. We're focused on growth. We don't care about re- revenue money. That all comes with us hitting growth. And so our whole team knew that Nathan and rabbit care about growth. And so every decision was about how do we grow? And that was partnerships with payment processing companies at 200,000 merchants. That was partnerships with Little League MLB. That was partnerships with South by Southwest or Georgia Tech. It was just like, we want to grow. And whatever deal we need to make to grow, we'll do it. But it's to us, it's about growth. And so we had, our plan was just grow. And then I hired the right people to fill in all the space in between where we are now and scaling it. So I got a serious question to ask you. So in turn, this is called the root of all success. So we're talking about success, obviously. So in your definition, your own words, what does success mean to Nathan Rupp? 25,000 people die a day because of dirty water. So success is solving that problem. Hmm. So you've got a heart for bringing clean drinking water to the world. All I care about. And you talk, you talk about that with uh, that's part of your presidential aspirations. You want to make that part of your deal. For sure. But yeah, it, that, that's the end goal for me. 25,000 people die a day because of dirty water. And I'm like, 
other things where it's like, you know, like I know somebody who died of COVID who also had stage four cancer, but they died of COVID. Like these people are just, they can't, they walked up in their village, took a bath in dirty water. They drank the dirty water. They got some type of disease. They died. And most of these diseases, like mosquitoes, all that, where do they produce? Where do they? Dirty water. So that is what I want. Like to me, everything is about my mark on earth. Like I, I'm here for this little, I, there's this Francis Chan that's like, here's your time on earth and then here's eternity. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I get real worried about the things I do here because I want to make sure it's it matters and leaves a purpose and it's for the glory of God. And that is, I just, where God has currently strung my heart. And if he changes it, I'm, I'm open to it. You know, like if God calls me a missionary tomorrow, like, like he's going to force his, I'm going to, I'll eventually sell everything. And that's what I'll be doing. Cause if God wants something like it eventually happens, whether I go kicking and screaming or like I accept it. But right now I've been called to build great companies with great people and bless the world. But my mission, the end goal is this water goal. Wow. And so is there a way that listeners can help? kind of join in that if somebody else is out there like amen brother i'm in for the water thing what, do we, what is there a way to help with that i mean what are you charity water is the best organization i think in existence charity water yeah so charity water takes every dollar you donate and it goes directly to the cause they privately raise money from the richest people in the world from elon musk to gary vaynerchuk something called the well where the people commit from like 60 to 250,000 dollars a year to pay for their staff so when you donate to them let's say you pay with a credit card they even reimburse the credit card fee. So every dollar you donate goes directly to building wells and providing fresh water. And then all the money for their staff and marketing and resources that goes, that's all privately raised from investors. You know, when you look at um, the non American Red Cross, the Cancer Society, mm -hmm. in 2018, I believe, they spent $300 million on events and they raised $350 million from the 300 million they spent on those events. And of that 50 million left over, that mainly went to like staff and uh, like marketing. But like, if you go what, like of their billion dollars they raise a year, I think maybe like less than 10% goes to actual cancer research. And that us millennials and especially Gen Z doesn't like that. And so Charity Water solves that. They say, hey, like ours goes directly to the cause and then we just privately raise money for our staff. Mm. I love your heart in that, Nathan, and I think that I think the listeners are going to connect with that. And I think that if you want to find out more about how to connect with Nathan, he's got a, he's got something he wants to tell you about. So Nathan, you people can go to your website, Nathan Ruff, and that's R U F F, NathanRuff.com, to find out how to contact contact you and get in touch with you. But you're also on all socials. What what? How would you like people to connect with you on socials? Yeah, so it's just the Nathan Ruff on everything. T-H-E, Nathan Ruff, R-U-F-F, on everything. I really only use Instagram. Um, LinkedIn, I'm, it's, there's such great outreach on LinkedIn, so I need to get better at it. And then Facebook, I only set people I'm friends with, so I have something like 4,000 requests that are unanswered. Uh, so you probably won't ever get accepted on that unless we're friends, because uh, that's actually my, you know, people don't know my wife's name, and I keep it that way. Yeah. Um, so my, I keep my very, you know, there's a public persona and then I keep a private life that I keep very private. And you've got an offer. Do you want to offer to the listeners today about, uh, from, from one nine. So would you tell people a little bit about that? Yeah. So a lot of people face this problem where they have a website that they like, but their web designer disappeared. He's slow to respond or he went out of business because most people that hire are agencies that got too much one-time cash and not enough reoccurring. So they couldn't make the bills. Or they're freelancers, they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Or they're too busy because they're freelancers, they need staff. And so we found the sweet spot of taking people's existing websites and managing them. And that includes backing it up, that includes fixing all bugs, adding new pages, improving the look, you know, changing fonts, just making it better. And so we offer an end-to-end -end website management service. So think about how people hire IT companies. IT companies cover everything but your website. So we had to say, we cover only your website. And so it's typically 300 bucks a month, and now it's $250 a month thanks to your discount code. Yeah, so they can get uh, essentially two months free on a year's worth of end-to-end -end website, website management. They go to managemywebsites.com slash root, as in root of all success. That's managemywebsites, plural, dot com slash root. 
and you can get $600 off a year on end-to-end website management. Nathan's talking about it's 250 bucks a month, normally 300. So essentially you're getting a couple months free. So that's, uh, that's yeah. fantastic. Unlimited updates, you get your own project manager. We're there to handle your website. You never have to worry about it again. And I can tell you from experience, uh, for the listeners, I can tell you from experience, Nathan doesn't suck. <laughs> like what he commits to with Rabbit and with uh, with One Nine is is uh, really legitimate, and I would highly recommend Nathan. If some entrepreneur is out there listening right now, and they're like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm in my twenties. I'm young. I haven't started four companies by the time I'm twenty, like you did, or whatever." But what would you advise them? What is your one or two pieces of a takeaway from this conversation that they need to do this in order to be successful? So I don't believe you need to be good at anything other than building relationships. So your goal should be to meet everybody and then connect everyone. So I have a friend who's a car mechanic. We were having dinner last night. And he knows, he knows more CEOs than I do because <laughs> he works at Porsche. Um, and he's very personable. And he's like, dude, I know all these high-level people, but when I host a poker night, nobody shows up. You host a poker night, 50 people show up. I don't get it. I said, you need to connect them to each other. So you know them all individually. But you need to, when you meet this CEO, be like, oh, your personality would really go well with this guy, and then connect them. When you do that is where the power is. Because then they're both like, how do we know each other? Oh, through Nathan. And so your goal as an entrepreneur should be to build relationships. Because relationships is where funding comes from. It's where clients come from. It's where ideas come from. It's where opportunities come from. Relationships is your well of wealth. I love it. So Nathan... Thank you for being on the show today. It is an honor, and I look forward to connecting with you later and talking more about the rabbit hole. So the other thing, too, is how do they get in touch with you for the rabbit hole? They just search the yeah, rabbit hole? Yeah, just search the rabbit hole, and then a direct link is 2052studio.com, and that's where you can rent my studio. I built a full video studio in Dallas, Texas. So you can rent that studio, but there's also a link to our show there. Great. Well, thank you for being on here. Well, there you have it, everybody. I mean, every time I interview one of these super successful entrepreneurs like Nathan, I'm blown away, not only at their story and how they connect to it, but the fact that it really these five things really do appear in everybody's story. The passion of being in the right place at the right time, knowing the right people, the preparation, the know-how, the plan to get those resources just like Nathan did. And I love how committed he is to the idea of connectivity, of connecting people, of knowing people, because that, in fact, is one of the main keys to success is knowing the right people and connecting those people to one another. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us a review if you haven't done so yet. If you like it, if you don't like it, email me. Let's talk about it. Uh, Subscribe to my YouTube channel. So for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, thank you for tuning in. It's youtube.com slash C slash the real Jason Duncan. But I want to I want to do this as we sign off today. Some of you out there are are wondering, you've got this idea that's just burning a hole in your brain. You lie awake at night thinking about it, and you're, you're you know that you've got this great idea to build a million dollar company, but you don't know what to do. You don't know what that first step is or the second step or the third step because the education system didn't teach you how to do that. You don't know how to start a business, let alone run a successful business. And you listen to podcasts like this because you want to get some sort of little insight. Well, would you like to know what your probability of success is with that idea? Well, you can figure that out. You can go to therealjasonduncan.com slash success, and you you can take a free five P's of success assessment. It's completely free. It's only 17 questions. It goes through and asks you specifics about your passion and the place that you're in and the people that you know and the preparation and the plan. Just like we talked about with Nathan here on the show today, you can go and take that assessment. And at the end, you'll get a personalized report sent to your email, sent to your inbox that tells you exactly what your probability of success is. And, you know, some of those reports come back and they say, you know, your passion's low. You don't really know the people in this industry. Maybe pick something else. Or it'll come back and say, hey, your passion's really high, but you don't know the right people. You need to take Nathan's advice. You need to go out and start connecting with people. Delay the start until you get a few more connections and then go. So it's just a little leg up in the whole system. And then beyond that, there's the complete startup guide for entrepreneurs. Everything you need to know to go from startup to success in six months or less that you get a special discount on if you go through the success assessment. So thank you for tuning in to the root of all success. I'm the real Jason Duncan. Until next time when I talk with another super successful entrepreneur, Nathan, remember this, Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan. 
If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business. Grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.